boy, is it quiet in here. <laughs> One might almost say it's not just quiet, but it's peaceful. I can't think of any other day during the year to walk into the pulpit and to be able to say, wow, what peace, what peace was wrought that night? Oh, so long ago when salvation was born unto men. See, when you don't know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, it's going to sound like a preacher. Hold on. When you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, that means that you are at war with God. Your soul and you are at war with God. And when you accept Jesus for who he is and who he said he is, notice I didn't say was, who he is, and you recognize what he did on the cross, when he was taken down from that cross and put in that borrowed tomb and raised on the third day, when you recognize and you realize and you accept who he is, what he has done for you, and you accept him as your Savior and your Lord, oh, what peace comes about. You are not just at peace, as in a calm room. You're no longer at war, but because of Jesus, you are now at peace with God. Oh, what a beautiful day. I was joking around with Barbara right before the service, and I was saying, who is that? Who is it? Who is that person? And she pointed it out, and I said, oh, it's that woman with the red sweater on. <laughs> I realized my ridiculous statement. Since, oh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 70% of you women are wearing red. I, I laughed, and I laughed at me, and I'm just so thankful to be in a room full of people wherein most of you not only are at peace, but no peace. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to begin reading with verse 8, and I encourage you to follow along in your copy of the Word or on the screen. <clears throat> I will not do this justice like... Other times you've heard it, but oh, what a beautiful, beautiful story we are about to read. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born 
to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away, from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Heavenly Father, oh God, I love you. I praise you and I thank you for this day. <laughs> Lord, I, I like to share joy and, and laughter and, and fun and talk about the best day ever. Oh, but God, I thank you this morning. I thank you that we settle in this morning on this Christmas Eve and we settle on this simple word that changes everything. Peace. Father, I pray for those in this room who are struggling with, with whatever they're struggling with, whether it's stress, whether it's depression, whether it's pain, whether it's loss, whether it's separation, whether it's, whether it's uh, lostness, whether it's uh, anger, whether it's uh, whatever's going on that is robbing us of peace. Father, I pray that they will find peace this very day. Father, I pray for those who are at war and who struggle with the whole concept of Christmas and Jesus and the Savior and the hope that he brings, the love that he extends, the joy that he shows, the peace that he offers. Father, I pray that today that they will know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord and their hope that springs eternal. God, I love you, I praise you, and I thank you for Jesus and the fact that he is the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. So, as the shepherds, who, by the way, uh, the shepherds were, um, don't know what word to use other than low class in society. They were not always on the up and up. They weren't always the most trustworthy individuals. They were usually not using ivory soap. <laughs> they were dirty, nasty individuals. And they had a rough life. And yet, the angel of the Lord comes to them. 
and pronounces the birth of this babe. And then not only does that angel speak to them, but a heavenly host comes and starts singing to them. Can you imagine what that was like out on that hillside that night? I'd love to have seen what those sheep were doing. <laughs> I don't even know how to act like a sheep. <laughs> the shepherds told by the angels this birth. They had to make a decision. They had to make a decision in that moment. I want to, again, this is all the free part of the message. Uh, I want you to understand that not only were they the kind of the down and outers, but they were out there in the field. And I want you to understand that um, it's been a while since God's been on the scene, so to speak. We've, we've been through some very dark ages. It's been silent from heaven for some time. And yet this angel of the Lord appears and then a heavenly host comes and these shepherds hear the message. They hear the proclamation. They're told about the Christ child being born. And now they have to make a decision. They have to make a decision and their decision is a good one. By the way, they have to make the decision to act on the information. They had to do something with what the angel and the angelic host has proclaimed to them. They have to take action or ignore it. They had to accept it or ignore it. And they choose to look at one another and say, let's go see this thing which has come to pass. <laughs> we also must look to God in everyday events. Know that God's plan is for peace. And then do what he tells us to do or act on what he's called us to be, say, and do. We have to learn to do what we've been told to do. I've already professed it, proclaimed it, and warned you about it. There's this one last day before Christmas for your, all of your shopping to get done. So I hope you're finished. If not, um, I will be leaving the house sometime early afternoon if you need a ride. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like Christmas will never get here. Sometimes it feels like it's tomorrow, like right now. Other times it seems like it may never be over. So how's your holiday stress level? Where are you? Yeah. Holiday stress is a major issue. Listen to this. It's been a while, but it's probably roughly the same number or more. If you Google holiday stress, <laughs> holiday stress, there are 3,840,000 articles on stress. Or you can just listen to the message this morning. Sometimes I think we all need to step back and get a new perspective on the season. Uh, I'm going to take a side note so you guys back there in the booth can relax for just a minute because um, this wasn't given to you and I'm allowed to do that every once in a while. I can cheat. There are really two Christmas messages. Listen quickly. Peace. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Fear not, the angel told Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds, Fear not. Fear not. One message is negative. It takes away 
fear. The other message gives positive, peace. Negative takes away the fear. Positive gives peace. What is the most needed message at Christmas? Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Hmm. Not primarily peace among nations. Listen to me. Not primarily peace among races. Not primarily peace among political parties. <gasps> he didn't go there. The most important message begins internally with the individual's heart. Peace. If all had peace within, listen to me, if all had peace within, all the rest would take care of itself. Do you believe me? If you do, say amen. amen. I don't ask for that a whole lot. It means you're in agreement. That's what amen means. Yes, I agree with you. If peace, if we all had peace within, the rest will take care of itself. Maybe even better said, if we all have peace within, God will take care of the rest. Amen. Mm. Most of our problems are fear-based. We'll talk about that at length some other time. But most of our problems are fear-based. Fear causes most of the problems in the world. That's a reality. Did you see what this candle brought? Or, or this, whichever one's peace. It's one of the three purples. Did you see what that brought? A way for us to make peace among all men. Where does it begin? It began on that night so long ago. But it begins in the heart of the individual. For me, it begins right here. For you, it begins right there. Mom, mom taught me not to point. <laughs> but it begins with you. We're back on script, guys. Today, we're going to take a look at this passage that the theologian Linus made so very popular. We're going to look at three principles of peace for our lives. Listen quickly and listen closely. First, we are to look for God in everyday events. In Luke 2, 8 and 9, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping over the watch by... Of over their flock by night and behold an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid fear the shepherds had no idea what was going to happen they went to work planning to sit around the fire and make sure no wolves attacked the sheep they were just doing their thing and suddenly God's messengers show up a spiritual focus gives us a spiritual perspective on life. Let me say that again and say it so you can understand it. A spiritual focus gives us a spiritual perspective for life. Listen, we have to focus on what God has prepared for us. When we have that focus, all of a sudden it changes all of our interpersonal relationships. It causes us to see things through a different glass. We can easily get caught up with the details of life that we miss opportunities that are presented to us each day. I struggle to find a balance in my life, in my personal life. I'm just, transparency. 
I find it a struggle to watch the news and not watch the news. I choose to do my best to not watch the news, but I feel like I need to be en en uh, engaged and know what's going on. But I don't like it because what does it bring? Anxiety. It brings stress, sometimes fear. Sometimes it brings about depression. Hmm, I have to focus. I have to stop getting caught up with the details of life. God desires us to live for things not of this earth, but things that are eternal matters. Oh, eternal matters. Things that are beyond us. When I see an individual, when we see an individual out on the street, somebody that we've never met before, what's the first thing that we should ask? Do I know them? The second thing that I should ask is, I wonder if they know what it takes for a person to get to heaven. Hmm. That sounds way too religious. Colossians 3. This is found in the ESV. <clears throat> if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are of the earth. When we get our focus on God's view, we begin to see more clearly the spiritual dimension of life. <clears throat> there was a, a gentleman, he was a, a great preacher of old. He has gone on to glory. But I had the opportunity to meet this gentleman. And we spent a week together, about an hour, hour and a half, two hours every morning just talking. And it was like talking to one of the spiritual giants. He was a, a great guy. His name was T.W. Hunt. He's written many books, etc., etc. But I'll never forget, even that week when I got to meet him, and it was just kind of a random meeting that we got to meet, and we were at a, a conference center together, and, and he was the, the, the camp pastor that week, and we just somehow met. But I'll never forget, he gave me a book. He gave me a book, and it's one of the few books that I have that have a little sticker on the front that say, autograph copy. I've just never been a big autograph guy, and that's fine if you are, that's, or girl, anyway, but he gave me this book, he signed it, and he gave it to me. I didn't buy it, he gave it to me. That's pretty cool. But let me tell you the name of the book. He and his daughter wrote the book, the only book that he and she wrote together. And it was written because of the death of his wife, her mother. And the book's title was From Heaven's View. That's a title. See, if we will have the right perspective, all of a sudden we start seeing life, this world, from heaven's view, not man's view. Listen, we need to find out what God's plan is. So what's God's plan for peace? This is step number two. Luke chapter two, verses 10 through 14. Listen again. Then the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. <laughs> and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill, 
toward men. The angels announced to the shepherds the arrival of Christ. What a birth announcement. What a moment. What an uncanny experience they must have had. The birth of Jesus is the beginning of God's plan for peace for humanity. The angel tells them they have good news that will bring joy to all people of the earth. The Messiah has been born. You all look like I just told you that there was spinach for dinner. (laughs) The Messiah has been born. Oh, the one who can bring man into a relationship with God himself. I don't know about you, but I love to pretend. I'm a pretender. I love to, no, I could be taken way many different ways. I love to pretend that I'm in the story. I'm sitting back over here, petting my sheep, watching it all happen, thinking, what would it have been like to have been one of those shepherds? What must it have been like when this proclamation of the Messiah, peace coming to mankind, was professed and given to mankind? Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have what? Peace. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having been justified by faith, we get that peace. To have peace on earth, we must first have peace with God. The two have to be together, and the one must precede the other. Otherwise, it will never happen. So many of us spend our lives running after the things of earth, hoping they will fulfill our lives. What is it you're hunting for? What is it you're looking for? Why are you looking in those places? Because we're desperate. Every one of us is desperate for the same thing. (laughs) Peace. Hope, love, joy, acceptance, (laughs) something that brings real and lasting peace. What we find is that all the things that we seek for in this life, other than Jesus Christ, will leave you empty, guilty, and broken. What are those things? Oh, the list goes on and on. It can be everything from all the horrific things like drugs and alcohol to illicit relationships to uh, so many things that we try to latch on to. Popularity, selfish desires, whatever it is, it will always leave you with those three horrible feelings. Emptiness, guilt, and brokenness. Can I tell you a secret about the room? If you look around the room right now, feel free to go ahead. Some of them are pretty good looking. Go ahead and look around. Can I tell you a secret about the room? Can I tell you a secret about not just this room, but everybody watching? Can I tell you about everybody in this room and everybody watching? And everybody, matter of fact, everybody around the world has one thing in common. All of us have one thing in common. We are broken. Some of us are in the process of being put back together. 
<laughs> Some of us are rejecting the only one who can put us back together. That's who we are. We're all broken. Oh, but the glory that he gave that night when he said, I'm going to offer you salvation. I'm going to offer you hope, joy, love, peace, and so much more. I'm going to give you a plan and a purpose, and I'm going to take you and use you. If you will let me, I'm going to take you and use you to be part, part of the redemption process. You know what our part is? Watch this. I'm going to fulfill it real quick, right before your very eyes. Jesus is Lord. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way back to the Father. We are the proclamation. We are the part that is telling others. But even if we fail, he's got a plan. He says elsewhere in his word that if we remain silent, the rocks will cry out. I'm telling you, if I walk out the front door of this church and those rocks start talking to me, I'm going to know real quick that we done messed up. We need to be faithful with this proclamation. It is Jesus Christ, the Lord. He is our hope. Number three, do what God tells you. Simple. Isn't that simple? Do what God tells you. You know, I had a mom that used to tell me to do things. And I remember the days that I did everything she said. Both of them. <laughs> All the others, not so much. I'm reminded of that with my relationship with the Father. Listen to what the Word says again. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, they heard, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which they were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. They had just had an amazing Christmas. <laughs> After it's all over, the shepherds went directly to see what the angels had told them. Verse 16 says, they came with haste. They didn't mess around. They took off to find out. I've often wondered, and this is just a side note, what happened to those little sheep? <laughs> Leroy, you don't get to go. You stay with the sheep. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But I do know this, they were faithful to the message that was told them, and they went with haste. They were in a hurry to obey what the messenger had told them. They wanted to see what all of this was about. So often we don't apply what God has shown us. We hear the message, but it doesn't prompt us to action. I came in here today, I'm stressed, I'm hurting, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in, in passion with so many things of this earth. And I hear the message, 
but I still have to do my shopping. I still have to wrap. I still have to get the ham in the oven. Still got to make the cookies. I got to plan on how to get over the mountain. I got to, whatever. And we're so stressed that we're not even going to listen to the message when it's all right here and we're being called to do one thing, one simple thing, and that is to hear the message and respond to the message. I'm not beating you over the head. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just telling you, wake up and listen real quick to the message. The message says we're to be like those simple shepherds. We need to hear the message and we need to run to the Savior. We need to make haste to speak to him. Listen, obedience on our part leads to God's pleasure. I hope tomorrow that my wife is happy with Christmas. She's bought 95% of everything she's getting for herself anyway. (laughs) The other 5% I'm still shopping for. Obedience on our part leads to God's pleasure. Obedience on my part leads to others' pleasure. I pray that my son and my daughter and their families have a wonderful Christmas. I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. Whatever that looks like to you, I hope that it's glorious and wonderful and beautiful. But you know, no matter what I do in life, the greatest thing that I can ever do is to bring the creator of the universe, pleasure. Did you hear that? It's not just God. It's not just the big guy upstairs. It's not, it's, I want you to understand our obedience, the obedience on our part can bring the God of the universe pleasure. (laughs) This little speck of sand standing here talking his head off can bring pleasure to the creator of all things? Oh, there's nothing that could bring this little speck of sand more pleasure than to bring the God of the universe pleasure. That's what I'm living for. That's what I want more than anything. Verse 14 indicates that peace rests with those who respond to God's offer of peace. That's where peace resides. It's for those who respond to his offer of peace. God is pleased with those who are available and willing to hear his word and not just hear it, but do it. Again, a sermon for another day. Samuel responded to Saul's sin by confronting him about obedience. So Samuel said, and this is 1 Samuel 15, 22, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. By obeying God, we find peace in life. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty eight, but he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Do you hear it and walk away from it? 
Do you hear it and not even take time to process it? Or do you hear it and apply it and do it? Do you do and keep what the word tells you? What was the effect of all of this on those shepherds tending their flocks on the hillside that night? And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. What did that look like? Oh, I want to be there that night with my lamb, watching the whole story unfold. And I want to be Leroy that stands up and says, What did you see, guys? Because he didn't get to go. And they're just coming back, praising God and worshiping God because they had seen the Savior. They had seen the baby, the promised one, the Messiah, the one that they had waited on for some thousands of years. I don't know how long it was. I didn't do my research, but I can tell you this. They were happy. They were, they were thrilled. They were, they were beyond anything that you and I can imagine. What is Christmas to you right now? I'm not looking up because I don't want to make eye contact with any of you. That's between you and God. Listen, I'm finishing right now. I've got tonight to finish up. The shepherds would have missed it if they had focused more on Leroy and the sheep they left behind. Oh, they would have missed it if they would have been more concerned about losing their job. They would have been missing out if they would have been more concerned with the fact that they hadn't had a bath in a couple of months. They were more focused on him, the messenger and the message. The shepherds would have missed it if they had ignored God's plan for peace. They would have missed it. The shepherds would have missed it if they had not done what they were told to do. <laughs> Remember, they didn't just do it. They did it with great haste. So, question. This is where it gets personal. Between you and God, not you and me. What is your focus this Christmas? What's your focus is it on the food? Is it on the presence? Is it on who is coming or who isn't coming? Is it, is it on the things of this earth? What is your focus this Christmas? Here it is. Are you ready to see God show up in your life? Will you obey him when he does? Will you do what he's called you to do? I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to pray here in just a moment. But before I do, I'm going to do something. And you won't hear me do this very often. But I want you to do me the sweet, sweet, kind favor of bowing your heads and closing your eyes. And just listen to my voice real quick. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to close this in prayer in just a moment. This Christmas. Oh, I love Christmas. You know I love Christmas. Oh, it's a celebration of the best.
best day ever. But my friend, as we've gone through Advent, as we've talked about the story, as we've talked about the different aspects of Advent, the, the hope, the love, the joy, the peace, as we will celebrate Christ tonight and by the lighting of the Christ candle, all of this, it all boils down to one thing. Do you know that internal peace of knowing that Jesus Christ is both Savior and Lord of your life. Are you a hearer of the word? Or are you a hearer and a doer of the word? Does your heart and your life and your obedience bring pleasure to the creator of the universe? Or are you struggling are you stressed? Oh, my dear friend, it's okay if you are struggling and stressed and in pain. But it's not okay if you're willing to ignore the message and stay there. My prayer today is that you will seek Christ. And if you don't know how, that you will seek me or Pastor Chris or one of our elders, or uh, Tony, who is our Sunday school teacher, or uh, some other Christian in this room that you personally know, I pray that you will seek to find the hope and the peace that can only be found in him. Father, God, I love you and I praise you for this day. I thank you for Christmas Eve. Father, I thank you for this season and for what we celebrate and it's not just a baby that was born. It was salvation, Emmanuel, hope, joy, peace, love that was brought to mankind uh, a way back to you, Father, a way to make peace with you, Father. Father, I pray this morning for those who struggle and are struggling with the season, Father, that they won't feel uh, like heaps of coal have been pounded on their head, but that they will feel the love that has been extended to them and the way back to you, who is this babe who grew to a man who willingly climbed on the cross, was placed in a borrowed tomb, raised on the third day, and is seated at the right hand of you, Father. I pray that they will seek him today. Father, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for that night so long ago where those shepherds had, had a visitor of a lifetime and met a baby, a Savior, God with us that night. Father, I love you. I praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen.